I mean, Vic, you and I have been in plenty of bands, and you know what that toxic. All you need is one yeah. member, man, and uh, it really can just fuck up the whole the whole thing. You know? I've been fortunate enough to not have to. You know, we've had a few people, and I mean, I won't mention any names just because I don't know. Maybe you'll use this as uh, bonus material on a DVD someday. <laughs> but I mean, like I've had people where it is. It's just like, oh my dude, what the hell's going on? You know, you. So usually right. it's it's me. I guess I'm the one who's like super business, all business, all work and no play, and I'm super yeah. stressed out. And that's how I used to be early on in my own personal career. And I learned that like, dude, you can't, you just got to kind of let things go. It is what it is. You go do what you do and you do it the best you can. And if, if that's that, that's that you did your best have fucking fun because someday you're going to be an old guy that doesn't sleep and his back hurts all the time. Uh oh, There we there go. All right. <laughs> hey, there you are. There he is. <laughs> Hello. Hey, yes. how's it going, Matt? Hey, how's it going? <laughs> All right. Good. We are so glad that you could join us, man. Hey, thanks. It's so good. I finally made it work. There yeah, you go. Great. Hey, Matt. Comedy bears. Hey, how's it <laughs> yeah. going? Hey, good, brother. Good. Excellent. Excellent. Yeah, I, you know, I thought you lived on the East Coast. I, uh, I, I, are you in Texas? Um, or yeah, I'm in Texas. I'm from the East Coast, but I, I live in Texas. Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> all right. Because we were all worried because earlier today we talked with uh, Nibs Carter of Saxon. And we were like, does Europe have a daylight savings? We're like, oh, my God, what what time are we talking? You know, <laughs> so, yeah, that, that first day of uh, daylight savings always kind of throws us off. So. Well, cool, man. This is, uh, we're really excited to, uh, to get to know you a little bit tonight and, uh, we got all kinds of good questions for you and, and, uh, you know, we got some fun games, come silly stuff. Representing. Yeah. Well, there you go. Representing. Nice. <laughs> I hope I pass. Oh, your audio is breaking in and out there, Matt. Uh -oh. oh, is it? Can you hear me? Yeah. Yeah. It's pretty sketchy right now. Yeah. Uh, sorry okay here it, you guys sound great excellent okay cool well my dad always said i had a face for radio so you know that's probably <laughs> part of it so <laughs> excellent um so uh yeah that's good man um we're, we're really glad we've been really excited to do uh to talk with you and um we're gonna we're gonna do our uh cheesy intro that dreadful loves so much and then we'll just we'll just start and have a great conversation all right cool. excellent cool all right hi guys and girls congratulations you found heavy metal horror enjoy Montag, master of illusion. What goes up must come down, but not always. Hey, I'm chopped up. Stay heavy, because this one's going to be sharp as a diamond. <laughs> oh, boy. And dreadful. Hey, I'm Mushroom Mike. <laughs> <laughs> and you are listening to and watching Heavy, heavy Metal. metal. Oh, kiddies, tonight we are going to have a great show. We have legendary drummer Matt Thompson of King Diamond, Synchronicity, and Shaolin Death Squad. Matt, thank you for joining us. My pleasure. Thanks for having me. Yeah, this is going to be uh, so exciting. I've got uh, so many questions to ask. Um, so we're gonna we're gonna get right into it. We're, we got some good games we're we're trying out, and uh, we're we're just gonna try to have fun and and do something that's not like your traditional you know just your Q and A, but uh, but we will start with some basic questions like you know how did you first get into music? How, I, wow. Okay. Um, well, both my uh, parents were musicians. Um, I grew up with my mom in New Jersey. She's a, she was a violinist and, and uh, playing an instrument was kind of required 
uh, in my family, my extended family also, it was just kind of a thing that every kid did. But in my neighborhood, um, I guess like you could say the alpha male that uh, hung out with our, you know, like now with, he played the drums. He was a year older than uh, me and like uh, four other four other kids. And he started playing the drums and then we would spend our afternoons kind of playing on his drum set and playing beats and stuff. And then when I got into fourth grade, I started taking lessons because uh, I was just kind of into the drums. And then I, started, you know, I wanted to quit actually in fifth grade, but my mom wouldn't let me, well, she would not let me quit. Um, I, I was just sick of carrying the snare drum on the bus. <laughs> and yeah, yeah, I, I just, I didn't quit. And um, I didn't decide I really want, I, I didn't decide to take it seriously until I was 12. You know, I was into Rush a lot by that time. And uh, my dad got me um, backstage for my first concert, which was Rush Signals Tour um, in the at the Spectrum in Philly. And back then, Rush would play twice. They would sell out two nights at the Spectrum. Wow. So I, uh, the first night with him, um, and I got backstage, and I got to see Neil Peart from, um, you know, like 10 feet b behind the kit. And then we went in the front row, and then we went to, like, the second level um, – you know, opposite the, the stage. It was just a mind blower. And then I went the second night and uh, and that's when I decided, you know, I was going to be a drummer. Yeah. Wow. That's awesome. Um, yeah. I, I've never got the chance to to meet uh, Rush. That, that was like my bucket list band, you know. Um, but, you know, you've been mentioned you got tired of carrying your snare drum. Did you have like one of those old premier snares in the black case with the xylophone and all that? Is that how you started too? Because that's, that's how I started with a <laughs> snare drum. And the practice pad and the xylophone. Uh, yeah, cool. We didn't have a xylophone, and that that was a uh, that would have been like seventy-seven, seventy-eight. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. same year, seventy-seven, oh. like fifth grade for me. <laughs> yeah, the guy comes in, does the big spiel. What instruments do you want to play? And all my pals were like, I thought, but I'll do saxophone, and that was all taken. I'm like, oh, okay, I'll do drums, just arbitrarily, you know. So yeah. <clears throat> I, I did learn one song on that little xylophone. Uh, oh, when the saints come marching in. So there we go. <laughs> nice. Yeah. Um, well, that's that's uh, that's great. I mean, and once you've seen Rush, you don't you don't look back. Is that was like one of your early influences on your drumming was Neil Peart? Yeah, among many others, you know. But um, then after that concert, Neil Peart became my uh, or Peart. Yes, we know it now. It's Peart, but. Uh, he was, um, I guess, one of my top 10 influences for the next eight years, probably, somewhere around there. Wow. Oh, that's it's, cool. it's so many influences, you know, like, mm -hmm. from video, this and that. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, obviously, you know, you, you're, you, now that I know that backstory, I, I can see now why you may be drawn toward bands like your Synchronicity and and Shallon Desquad, there's all this prog rock influence. So is is that something that those projects you do, like, because they're, you know, pet passion, you know, you just enjoy that prog, or is it gives you a challenge in a way that other musical styles don't? Well, uh, hard to explain. I've always loved prog. I've always loved all different kinds of styles, you know, and I've always kind of said yes to every opportunity that way. So a lot of these things that I've done, that besides King Diamond, you know, they, they've kind of been opportunities that came my way. Nothing I really started myself. I, I need to correct you on Synchronicity. I, I don't know that I'm still a member of Synchronicity. We, we, I mean, we just did that one album. Okay. Um, and then it, it just kind of didn't really do anything after that. Okay. Was I, I was doing a little scouring on your on your webpage, and I, I didn't want to learn too much, you know, because I wanted to find out some things. But um, that was how I came across these these bands, and like got a chance to listen to them. I'm like I was not expecting that kind of prog and and Shaolin Death Squad. I had never listened to them before. So, but um, it all makes sense, you know, that that prog influence. Well, I'm gonna yeah. to uh, give my webpage some attention, you know, because with media that's kind of where I put my attention and uh that um my webpage is underserved <laughs> well spe speaking of your webpage and uh some of your other side projects and stuff i while i was uh looking at your bio something caught my attention that i thought was really interesting uh it mentioned in, in 2007 you you were uh, nominated for two grammys and one was for uh, best metal 
performance with King Diamond for uh, Never Ending Hill, and then the other was for Best Polka Album. That okay. that, that one kind of shocked me. <laughs> Tell us about your best, your Polka <laughs> Grammy nomination. Wait, um, well, th there's a band here in, t in the town that I live in. The town's called Denton, Texas, and uh, by far there's there's an institution called Brave Combo, uh, and they have um, multiple Grammy nominations um, for best polka band in the world wow. and not just polka they kind of do like a whole bunch of different world styles but i'm friends with them I, i've known them for a long time I, i've subbed with brave combo and the reason that happened is because i've done some sessions with carl the um the leader of brave combo he's actually in the polka hall of fame and i, I love that music you know what can i say man you don't love polka, but what's the matter with you? Uh, <laughs> he, uh, he would call me up for some sessions, and sessions I did, he, he took one of the, the songs I recorded and used it on a Brave Combo album. So I'm just on one song on that album. It's called Polka's Revenge. Mm -hmm. And that ended up getting for a Grammy, so I kind of sneaked in, you know. Gotcha. Hey, that, that's, that's great. Right. Yeah, I mean, I love musicians that aren't afraid to just try anything, you know, any any genre. That's that's fantastic. <laughs> cool. I'm glad you brought that up, man. Cool. <laughs> yeah, that really <laughs> caught my attention. <laughs> now, Matt, you, Matt, you also have a. Um, I read also in the bio, you have a uh, a degree with with jazz music. Uh, yeah. Attended, yeah. I went to the, um, the reason I'm in Denton is because I went to the University of North Texas that's here in Denton. Um, and it was two weeks after I graduated that King Diamond called me when I was, I was deciding whether to go to LA or New York. Um, and uh, yeah, King called me and kind of decided that my next step for me. Yeah, you can't say no to okay, that invitation. Yeah. Right. <laughs> I, I was just going to ask, like, how was that phone call? Like, Matt. It's your grandmother. <laughs> you know, like, how does how do you get a like what's that like to get a call from king diamond like how, you know do you remember like what was said in that moment you know it's a clear night and then when he called there was like <laughs> <laughs> but uh um he first called he just wanted to meet with me um and I went to his house and met up with him, and he um, showed me the tour schedule. He needed a drummer for that for the next tour that he was doing, which was the the second part of the House of God tour uh, in Europe. And I kind of freaked out, you know, inside. I stayed calm on the outside, but uh, it was like all of Europe and Russia and Turkey and Greece, and there was like no country left on on toured, you know. And I, it was all my dreams come true, man. Wow. I've always been in a history and i've always been in the you know military history and that kind of in uh and metal and i wanted to always tour you know with somebody like that and uh so yeah i said yes and that was it and um and that was in um that was around august september um november area uh so i said yes and he said okay uh um i'll call you we're looking at some other guys and i'll, I'll call you in two weeks and a month and a half went by before I got that final phone call, you know, saying that, that I was in. And, um, yeah, I had a roommate at the time, a roommate, Bud, and, and every time the phone would ring, um, you know, I was the first one on the phone every time. Yeah. <laughs> Definitely. How did that connection happen? How did he come to get your name and, you know, even invite you in the first place? Well, you know, it, it's a long story, but um, to try to make it a little bit shorter, I was playing with a death metal band in Dallas called Truncator. We did our demo at um, at a studio uh, in Garland, Texas, which is part of Dallas. And um, the uh, the guy who produced it and engineered it, Chopper, he recommended me for um, to a guy named Michael Harris, who's a shredder guy uh, from Ohio, but he was living in Texas at the time. And... Um, he does like a lot of um, he does a lot of prog and shred music, and I ended up playing on a few of his albums. Uh, and the session we did was for his band called Surgeon, which is a, you know a kind of a classic heavy metal with some prog elements. Um, and it came out really cool. And anyway, um, 
I think it was either being played or something maybe mixed or mastered or at, at, at um, Nomad Studios. Something was going on with that. Anyway, with Nomad Studios is another studio uh, here in Dallas that I was doing a lot of work for. I was playing on a lot of stuff there. And um, while I was in college, um, I was doing a lot of work there. And the owner, who was a friend of mine, who called me a lot for, for jobs there at Nomad, he told me one day that, uh, yeah, King Diamond heard you're playing and said that he thought you were a really killer drummer. So I was like, man, Gary, if you if he ever needs a drummer, you know, tell him to call me. Mm -hmm. uh, and he did two weeks after I graduated. Wow, <laughs> that's kind of how that went. Wow, that's Incredible. that's awesome. I mean, the, the the circumstances and fate, you know, merciful fate to lead you to that. That's that's kind of that's awesome, man. Um, it's like a dream come true, you know, for any drummer, really. It was it was a lot of um, hard work and uh, dues paying that kind of led to another thing led to another thing to another thing you know it wasn't uh, it was not an overnight success sure yeah <laughs> sure, sure. well um you know speaking of diamond uh you know abigail too was i know it's the first album you recorded with uh with diamond uh that's one of my favorite albums of all time i think it's one of his best um and your drumming is really exceptional uh, especially like on songs like the storm and spirits those quick double bass flourishes and those offbeat rhythms um i think elevate you know the whole album um and that's you know you're stepping into some big shoes you know with mickey d and these you know other guys so I, can you talk a little bit more about like your creative process when it when it comes to you know um you know your drum parts well you know it, it's a grind in the studio like they want to hear all my ideas um and uh, we, we kind of went riff by riff, you know, to see what worked best for the riff. Um, it, it, was, it was definitely a challenge uh, in a lot of ways. <clears throat> um, I don't want to say too much, but um, kind of going riff by riff, um, trying out all different fills and stuff, you know, it was really, it was, it was long days <clears throat> of playing things over and over and over again. Uh, and when we when we do that when we record like i don't know where the the words are going to be like wh where the verses are or where the chorus are courses are or anything like that we just kind of do it uh riff by riff so that i mm. thought that was a, a, a big challenge you know uh but other than that you know it was a pretty good work environment um i was really excited it's kind of a blur you know uh, and it was at Nomad, so you know, that helped because it was like my home base studio. It was King's home base studio too for, for a lot of years. Um, but by the time I got into that to the, um, the situation, like they had their process pretty well snugged up, you know, mm -hmm. kind of stepped into that progress to that process and um, just tried to really uh, just tried to be professional about it, you know, just tried to be a workhorse and, and, um, you know, I was young, so it wasn't really a problem for me to play all day like that. Mm -hmm. I was used to bloody hands and stuff. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, yeah, that's how that is. Well, that's great. It, it surprises me that, that those pieces, parts of the songs were there and not like a complete song, like here it is. And then you just kind of jam to it, but that's that's a really interesting uh, process, you know. I, I I would be I guess would be really challenging, you know. Um, it's challenging. Uh, you know, most uh, recordings I've done is with bands is when um, it's after we've rehearsed the stuff a lot. And I knew the parts, mm -hmm. and I, I, we go in, and it's a situation where I can just play the song front to back, you know. Um, but that's that wasn't the case um, with the, with these sessions. Is that the way it's continued to be throughout? Is that how that you guys always record? Yeah, yeah. For the Puppet Master, it was the same thing. And for um, Give Me Your Soul, Please, it was also the same thing. Um, <clears throat> the last song we did, Masquerade, Masquerade of Madness, I did at my home studio. So that was a little bit di different. And it was after we had um, played the songs um, through the, that first tour in Europe. So uh, I had a chance to kind of develop it, but it ended up being closer to the demo anyway. 
um, but I did that in my home studio. So that was like really cool. You know, that was, it was definitely different than the albums. Oh, nice. Nice. Well, you've been playing with, you know, for such a long time with, with Diamond, nearly 20 years now and, and, and shared the stage with countless other great bands. Um, can you talk about situations where you met some of your you know, musical heroes or the bands that you were fans of and, and what that was like finally getting to kind of meet and kind of rub shoulders with some of these people? Yeah crazy it's just crazy um you know we toured with slayer in uh 2015 as a part of the the mayhem um as some energy drink rock star uh and you know we we opened for slayer every night on that tour and it was just, i was such a fanboy man you know um I, it was like a dream tour we played for i think 45 minutes you know our set went by like that so i was able to like just just sprint through the whole thing you know what i mean like uh and then afterwards it was like well i guess i'll have some free beer and watch slayer again <laughs> um yeah that that was really cool um toured with exodus in uh that same year yeah i think that was 2015 mm -hmm. we toured that was a dream come true um just getting to know those dudes and hanging out with them just crazy um yeah like a lot of people you meet in the catering halls at, at some festivals it's just like everybody you know you go into these catering halls and you're like wow testament and you know, <laughs> there's you know it's just like everybody it's like holy crap man. as as a fan do you like do you, do you feel awkward like going up to them or are you thinking okay now i'm in king diamond i've kind of made it and do you feel you know was, was that or was it still like you're approaching them like you would be like a fanboy? Was that still inside of you? Like, oh fuck, it's <laughs> testament. I how am I gonna go talk with Chuck Billy? You know, right. is, that, is that how you know? I always wondered about that stuff. Yeah, I'm able to stay pretty relaxed. I think you know, I I, I freak out, you know, but then I kind of have, have these things that I tell myself like, you know, just people, <laughs> you know, they hands right. on at a time. Um, yeah, but it, the, the excitement is definitely still there, you know, like. Um, especially like the first few festivals that we will do on a tour, like when the summer comes and I go like to the first festival and I'm like, wow, there's like trim from emperor. Like there's his drums. Holy crap. You know, like, <laughs> having a conversation with them, you know, and they're pretty awesome. Yeah. Oh, I don't know. It's it, it starstruck really. Um, yeah. but, you know, I did freak out a little bit with black Sabbath, you know, when um at grass Park, played on uh you know how these festivals will have two stages side by side they're both main stages so like one band is setting up while the other one's playing and um we played right after black sabbath so we were the only band and crew allowed on the stage next to black sabbath everybody else had been blocked out they, they um made the, everything off limits and like those were the you know bands like black sabbath you don't hobnob with them in catering you know what i mean like, <laughs> on stage and before black sabbath played you know i, I went on stage I, I saw just iomi's row of of um sgs you know of his guitars i just got goosebumps man i was like oh my god these are tony Omi's <laughs> fucking guitar you know <laughs> the little things right. just... yeah that's awesome that's, that's awesome Speaking of like venues, you know, did you play like, do you prefer like a smaller intimate venues or larger arenas, you know, like from a, from a fan's, fan's point of view, you know, being close to a band is fantastic. So, you know, what's it like being in the band, you know, being that, you know, with, with fans all around you, or do you like those big stadium festivals or is, is there a difference for you? I like, uh, before, um, before we, I'm switched to in-ear monitors, uh, there would be a big difference. Uh, had to have you do sound and, and how easy it was to hear things and dot the I's and cross the T's musically. Um, now with in-ears, they're both kind of the same, you know, it changes a little bit, but, you know, I'm able to dial it in pretty, pretty well as sound check. But, uh, you know, on some festivals, we don't have sound check, but nonetheless, you know, like our crew is so good and we've been doing this for so long that it's not really, it's not a problem. And I would say that there's pros and cons to both situations but mostly different kinds of pros to both equations. You know, I, I love having the huge audiences because 
the adrenaline is like, you know, don't fuck up, don't fuck up, don't fuck up. <laughs> <laughs> but, but, you know, I, yes and no, I'm, I'm pretty relaxed, you know. After the first few shows, you know, when you kick off the, kick the dirt off the heels, you know, it gets pretty relaxed. Uh, and in that context, I love the smaller venues because I love making eye contact with people and I love, like, kind of goofing off a little bit with them. You know, I got that from Alex Lifeson. You know, if you've mm-hmm. ever been at a rush show. Oh, now, yeah. So, yeah. Damn, you know. Uh-huh. He's, like, having the time of his life. But they all are. You can see yeah. that. And there were a couple times where I, when I saw Rush where I got to see Neil Peart, like, smile. I'm like, <laughs> oh, Okay, you know that was like a it was like seeing Bigfoot or something. You know, it was it was quite amazing. You know, but the, enjoying themselves and having fun together. You know, that's awesome. Um, that's great. Uh, you know, I, I'd like to um, play a game with you, Matt. If uh, we're gonna we're gonna do a uh, game, we're gonna be called Name That Festival. Uh oh, you're breaking out the big wheel. Here it comes. I, yeah, I'm gonna let's see, <laughs> see if I can share it. Hold on, I gotta get to it. Give me a second here. <laughs> Spin the wheel. He makes a good Vanna White. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I'll take that. Um, all right, there we go. Okay, so I'm going to uh, share my screen, and here's the oh, no, here's the premise, Matt. Uh, can you see the can you see the wheel? Uh, there it is. Okay. Yeah, there it is. Um, King Diamond is playing at a festival with two two bands. We're gonna find what two bands are playing, and then I want you to come up with the name of what that festival is gonna be called. Okay. Real festival. Yeah. Yeah. You make up the name. Whatever. Whoever. Depending on who the three bands are playing, you, I want you to invent the name of what this festival would be called. All right, so it's King Diamond, and who's the first band? Oh, 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 Motorhead. Oh, Motorhead. Nice. nice. Okay. Oh, all Motorhead. right. This is this is shaping up. Okay. Yeah. Come on. Maybe maybe, <laughs> maybe if Dolly Parton will be the next one. That'd yeah. be great. <laughs> Elton John. <laughs> no, oh, no, no. Taylor, Taylor Swift. Ah, okay. Oh. King Diamond, Motorhead, and Taylor Swift. What a show! Wow. Okay. What okay, show. Matt. Name that festival. <laughs> Name that festival. <laughs> uh, no. Oh my God! What would you call that? Yeah. Uh, you'll have time to tailgate festival. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Nice. Beautiful. Nice. Okay. Good one. Good one. <laughs> Fantastic. Good Thank you. Thank you so much. You know, speaking of like you know festivals and and life on the road. I mean, you've lived a, a good deal of your life on that. You know, touring and things. So. Um, what are some of the craziest or most interesting stories that you can like your most outrageous life on the road stories that you feel like you can share without, you know, uh, getting anyone in trouble. (laughs) (laughs) Or if you want to get someone in trouble and throw them under the bus, yeah, that's fine too. (laughs) Your your call, your call, man, your call. Yeah. Time to out somebody right here. (laughs) We used to, drink a lot man. you know i think back when the, the first years that i was touring with being that the crew and the band stayed on the bus together uh we just had one bus now we travel in two buses the the band has its own bus and it's a lot calmer than what i imagine the crew bus is now because the crew is a lot but younger people um so uh, yeah back then there were just some crazy times, man. Um, there was one night. We, uh, yeah, God. Oh, man. <laughs> <laughs> no, can't tell that one. Uh, no, can't tell that one. <laughs> Almost so close, but no. Yeah, I don't want to get anybody in trouble. Okay, that's cool. I mean, you could say uh, a certain person from a certain band or. You know, you don't you don't have to that's that's cool. We don't wanna we don't wanna <laughs> the names have been changed. Yeah, we don't wanna put you into a position where it's awkward for you at all. You know. No, not at all. We just we, we just like hearing these kooky stories, you know, with, with people we've interviewed, they will just tell tell us like a, a crazy story that happened and we're like, Oh, you know, 'cause it's it's one of those kind of rock and roll things, you know, mm-hmm. that's always funny. So well, what's your what's your favorite uh what's your favorite story involving King? 
My favorite one? God, it's such a tough question. And, you know, I should... Okay, maybe maybe top 10. It doesn't have to be the best if, it, <laughs> if it's, you know, I can imagine. Um, you know, one great thing that stands out was just getting to go to and headline at Wacken in Germany. You know, I've always been fascinated with that festival because it's, it's one of the biggest festival. I think it's the, the, the biggest uh, festival in Europe that's tickets anyway. There's a bigger one in Poland yeah. that's free. But um, Bakken is the biggest um, regular festival in that in that sense. And that was just freaking awesome, you know. Um, Bakken, the backstage is the size of the the full, fe their first festival, maybe their first few, but their first festival, the whole entire festival grounds was what the backstage area is now. Oh, so it's wow. like, yeah, it's wow. like this catering and, and booths and there's like a smoothie booth and there was like a couple massage booths, you know, it was just, it was huge and really well done. Um, just really cool. And, you know, when we first got to Vakken, um, our, uh, our main sound guy is um, one of the guitar players in Hammerfall and um, okay. easily the, the best sound guy I've ever heard in my life. Like he's so good. And, he, and he's one of the best guitar players too, you know, super nice dude too. Anyway. And um, when we first pulled up in the bus, we got out and, and I was like, they, they said, okay, that's the main stage. You know, one of them, they have the two stage set up. And Hammerfall was playing when I first, when we first got there. So I, I walked up on the stage where, and Hammerfall was in the middle of playing. And I had no idea how um, massively popular Hammerfall is in Europe. You know, they're just not that big in, in the States. You know, they're considered cheesy or whatever. But man, I, I went up on stage and 120,000 people have their fists in the air singing along with with their songs they were they were playing hearts on fire yeah you're all... gonna be hard pressed not to sing along with hearts on fire <laughs> yeah yeah massive you know and, and um yeah i think that's pretty cool it's kind of a cool story yeah. right yeah it's awesome <laughs> yeah you know? what song do you like playing live best like your your favorite song like you get to a part in a set like yeah this is my song I don't know. I love them all. I really do. I love playing all of them. And, you know, some ones that stand out that people might not really think would be my favorites. I think one was um, Up From The Grave, you know. Things got these, like, deep cut songs that aren't really the most popular, but that I think so awesome, man. Another one was um, Sarah's Night from Voodoo. Mm -hmm. It's mm -hmm. just, just twisted and evil and kind of slow, but you know, just real atmospheric kind of thing. I, I, I kind of get into those songs that are different on this. The last couple of tours we did um, Behind These Walls, which we had, I, I had never done before with them. It's mm -hmm. from the eye. Mm -hmm. And I think a, a lesser known song. And I just loved it, man. I, I love playing that song. It's just so yeah. like every, there's not one wasted bit of space. That riff is like leading into yeah. that. Awesomely. Oh, that's great. You know, and fans uh, love that too. You know, I mean, I, I love hearing these deep tracks and things you don't expect, uh -huh. you know, like, oh, to have them pull out a song, you know, like one down, two to go or something. It's like, oh, I don't always hear that song. You know, that's that's always really exciting or, you know, and, uh, you know, as part of that, is it is it King who puts the set list together or does like everyone contribute? Like, do you say, yeah, I want to play this or, or, you know, does everyone kind of pitch into to what the, the set list is going to be or is it there's a change? throughout the tour? No, and you know, it's King and Andy, I, I think, who, who put it together. And I think King has the final say. Um, I, I remember being asked a couple of times, is there anything you definitely want to play, you know? Um, but honestly, I just leave it to King, man. Mm -hmm. You know, with with the, what, almost 40 years successful career, you know, yeah. I, I, I believe the, the concept of too many cooks in the kitchen, you know, I don't want to really complicate his thought process. I, I leave that to him. Yeah. Oh, cool. Is King Diamond as interesting behind the scenes as he is on stage? Or is he like a Mr. Rogers? Does he put on a cardigan, <laughs> uh, you know, and put on, <laughs> slip on some comfy shoes, you know, and sing a song? Or is, it, is he, uh, he just seems like a very interesting character. Is he like that behind the scenes too? Just a. Well, you know, it's, it's, I could say it's all business on with him. You know, gotcha. if there's a 
days off. Sometimes when there's a few days off, like three or four, I've seen him have like one beer or something like that, you know. Like I'm not, I'm not drinking at all these days. Um, and I, I, you know, we haven't been on tour for a couple of years. 2019 is the last time we toured. But um, generally, you know, uh, I would say, uh, he's got his, he's had his family on the road for a long time so he kind of okay. keeps to him you know there, there's i've had some awesome conversations with him you know back in his lounge here and there um but you know mostly we're you know we're all kind of keeping to ourselves gotcha sort of you know um and uh in the cities you know when we stopped um lately it's been mostly me and pontus you know every go to i want to go out and explore i want to see what's going on with the city you know i like to walk around and um i like to do things you know uh and pontus is has the same kind of mindset uh the bass player so we we do a lot of that you know jo jody is also of that same mindset um and uh, you know the other guys here and there too you know we all, we all search out um uh indian food and sushi you know wherever <laughs> we you know is looking for good food nice yeah king's just such a giant presence and uh so eccentric on stage and stuff i just wondered you know like what what is does that carry carry over is he just always like that <laughs> or, mm -hmm. you know does he always carry does he sleep well, with his makeup on <laughs> no, <laughs> no. <laughs> yeah we're he's going to be coming on the show we're on the docket for whenever the new album comes out and that's something we wanted to talk to you about but uh so we're we're all really excited to uh to talk with him you know sometime early next year so that's uh that's awesome that's great yeah. um well how is the new album coming along we we are really looking forward to hearing hearing more uh of this of this creepy story yeah i know the story seems pretty creepy <laughs> um yeah how much uh, to say about the album you know i everything all the news about the album you would have to get from the interviews that king and andy do okay um i haven't recorded anything new yet for it and uh, i'm just still kind of waiting waiting on that um king's latest timeline has the album out i think fall of next year fall of 2022 i right. think that's the said in the last interview <clears throat> okay um yeah because i'm assuming there's going to be a big tour after that as well you know so that'll be that'll be really great to see back on the road and and hopefully uh you know come to cleveland that's where we're all around in the cleveland area and uh, it'd be really great to see you guys cleveland yeah. <laughs> that, that, uh, Drew Carey, you ever see his stand up? Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yep, Parma boy. What's that? Oh, sorry, your he's your audio's. Parma. Yeah, he's from Parma, Cleveland area. Yeah, yeah, your audio oh. was breaking up there, Matt. Sorry. Oh, sorry. Uh, yeah, I was talking about Drew Carey. I'm from Cleveland. And <laughs> <laughs> nice. we had oh man, there was one night in Cleveland that was so crazy. There were strip clubs on the river there right i don't know if the it's flats, still there. yes mm -hmm. yeah yeah that's about all i'll say about that <laughs> <laughs> the historian's there that's right yeah. let's just say yeah. i got it got paid in singles that night right <laughs> <laughs> oh man that's great that's great so, matt uh like what's the one thing you love about being in a famous band um i think maybe just that i i think you know it's like i've always wanted to be a drummer you know and um it's it's like just being at a drummer at a really high level just getting to be able to experience that just to be able to experience you know having a drum tech and and not having to worry about drum heads and drumsticks and if i break a cymbal and also like having a monitor guy you know it's all these little things that i love about it like i love just showing up at the venue and walking in and seeing like the potential energy of the empty seats and um wondering what the catering's gonna be you know i i love food <laughs> i love hotels and i love traveling and seeing new places and um and i love um I'll be honest with you. I love the attention. You know, I love the attention of being the drummer in the in what what's usually the headlining band. Um, you know, 
uh, I feel like I've worked my whole life towards it. So, uh, yeah, man, I don't know. I, I still pay my dues. I still play local gigs and I love playing all, all gigs. And stuff. That's just another facet of my career is, is be, being able to do that. Oh, that's awesome. Um, now, now on the opposite end, what's the thing you love least about being in a famous band? Well, right now it's leaving my family. That's the, the worst part of, that's the worst of anything I've experienced in the band. Mm. Uh, just the, the stress of that, of, of knowing that my family's not going with that. Um, other than that, uh, you know, I used to love traveling on the tour bus because we would drink a lot, you know, and party. It was a party, but now that I'm not drinking, I'm getting more stuff done. Like the last couple tours, uh, I studied for uh, my ham radio license and I ate it because I had all that time to study. Nice. Yeah. And I, I get a lot of reading done, you know, but it can be pretty monotonous. You know, you just feel trapped on this this bus for hours and hours. So that kind of sucks. Um, but I'm searching for things, man. I love, I love touring. I've always loved it. I've always gotten really depressed when they end. <laughs> yeah. That's well, so great. You mentioned ham radio. My dad's been a ham radio operator since he was a teenager. So my whole life, he's, he's always had his, his, his ham shack, you know, his room in the house with all his gear set up and yeah, he's been a ham operator for, uh, forever. So that's pretty yeah. cool. You know, love us hams. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I remember Dreadbull and I have been friends for over 40 years. And I remember going over where his dad was doing like a, a 48 hour, you know, how many people can you talk to in 48 hours? It's happening know? right now. The November sweepstakes is going oh, on okay. this weekend, oh, actually. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, well, that's, that's a big, a big ham radio contest. Yeah. So nice. Nice. Oh, it's a big, a big weekend for it right now. Cool. All right, Matt, I'm going to ask you, uh, a hypothetical question here. Um, okay, an alien shows up, you know, extraterrestrial, and asks you to represent metal in three songs. What would those songs be, <laughs> and why? Oh, I've heard of my broken. Uh oh, <laughs> this is agonizing. Mm -hmm. Songs that represent heavy is it? Yeah, any way you define metal is fine. From well, hair, hair to extreme, you know, however you want to paint that. Oh my god! Oh, that's so crazy. You know, I'm gonna give you three answers, and then like I'm gonna later tonight I'm gonna. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just give me that's a call. Gonna be We'll That's bring you on be next week because the answers were wrong. <laughs> yeah, we'll bring you back on next week and say, "Oh, here are my three new answers." Yeah. <laughs> you can Metal gods, Jews, priests. Mm -hmm. hmm. Nice. That's be number one for me. Um, Represent <clears throat> heavy metal. I love that you're giving yeah, this yeah, so I'm much just... thought. Yeah. <laughs> right. Like 20 more, like right off the bat. How yeah. about, okay, I, you know what? I'm going to do like a Warshack. Balls to the wall, except, and um, shout out the devil, Motley Crue. Oh, nice. Nice. Yeah, nice. Yeah, there we go. Yeah, <laughs> giving, some, giving some respect. Yeah, some props to Motley nice. Crue. That's a great album. You know, that's a terrific album. Yeah, it is. I'm a, I'm impressed you avoided like Black Sabbath. Everybody answers Black Sabbath of some sort, so that's cool. Yeah, something a little different. Mm -hmm. yeah. You know, now that you say that, I guess actually Black Sabbath from Black Sabbath should be should be number one. <laughs> oh, there you go, Dreadful. <laughs> no, oh, sorry. Uh, We're all gonna get probed tonight. That's man. going on next yeah. week's show, Matt. So, uh, <laughs> well. Following up on that alien question, the, the alien race decides to attack the Earth. You've got one minute to grab five CDs to listen to in the fallout oh. shelter during the duration. Only five. Oh. Which five do you grab? Oh. <laughs> He's the paint like the groaners. It's like, just getting worse now. Hey, damn it, Mark. Stop <laughs> asking me questions. <laughs> uh. <laughs> 
Uh, so I got a minute. Okay. Yeah. Uh, um, can I do box sets? Sure. Okay, the Juice Priest full collection. Okay. Black Sabbath full collection. <laughs> King Diamond full collection. Um, this is, that's like a cop out in it to do that. No, no, it's cool. It's cool. <laughs> kind of we, no, no it's okay. When we when we talked with with uh, Carl Sanders, uh, you know, we d we did like the top five desert island bands, and we that's fine. You know, it's nice to kind of gives you an idea about what you like, and that's cool, man. Mm -hmm. You got two more box sets. Third time's ticking. The aliens are coming. Uh, okay. Box set and um, fiddler on fiddler on the roof. Oh, oh. okay. Okay. Oh, I did not expect that one. That's pretty good. Oh, cool. Oh, audio's gone, man. Sorry. Oh, we didn't hear that last part there. I said that's why I said that because you didn't expect it. Okay, well, that's nice. great. Well, I nice. love that. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah, that's great. Man. So, as, as far as music goes, like, are there any current bands out there that you're listening to, like newer bands, or are you are you uh, you know old school all the way? Man, I listen to all kinds of stuff all the time. Right now, uh, I'll just some stuff that I'm listening to. Um, the new ginger stuff, I, I really dig. Man, I like ginger. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I'm listening. Yeah. Um, in my right now, in my CD player's "Colored Sands" by Gorguts. Um. Uh, what else am I listening to? Uh, you want newer bands? Um, or even older bands that have current new, you know, new albums out. Yeah, you, know, you could sure. say the new Maiden album or something. Is so yeah, just I've been buying these just to. to you know, put plug holes in my collection. I'm, I just gotten down on digital downloads and stuff like that. You know, ones in this hard drive, ones in this hard drive. I kind of like the, the CD. Mm -hmm. uh, I just got Ziggy Stardust, Spiders from Mars. I, I just got um, Iron Maiden, uh, Number of the Beast, because, um, you know, I have, there's so many CDs that I just lost or, or whatever, you know. That I just like to buy. Uh, I've been listening to a lot of Priest. Um, you know, just talking about metal. You know, I've, I've been listening to a lot of jazz lately too. Doing a lot of local gigs. Mostly, I listen to music that I'm learning from my local gigs. I play in a country band. And I'm playing in a dance band. Oh, nice, nice. Wow. Yeah, I, I mean, I get, I'm trying to stay busy. Um, King hasn't toured since 2019, so I'm just schedule. My daughter's a little older now. So I, I can take a lot of a lot more gigs. Um, <clears throat> so there's a lot of that. Uh, and like, no matter what you play, you know, it's fun. You know, if you're a musician and you are playing something with a group of people, right. it's you're gonna love it. You know, it's gonna be a great time. Usually, uh -oh. usually, <laughs> oh, yeah. you're all breaking up, yeah. man. Sorry, yeah. No, I think ninety-nine percent of the time, yeah, it's fun. You know. <laughs> I say in my bedtime was like nine, ten o'clock because kids, you know, are in school and uh, these gigs, you know, if they go past ten or eleven, I start to like <laughs> it, it becomes work. Yeah, yeah, oh, that's yes. great. Can relate. Yeah. <laughs> hey, uh, hey, um, excuse me. So, hey, uh, Matt, besides uh, Neil Peart, um, what are some of your other drumming influences? that you think you kind of incorporate into your own style or just really kept you pushing through, you know, on the, this is what I'm going to do and I'm going to continue drumming and, and all these different kind of styles. So. Uh, I think that if you've heard of them, they've influenced me. I've spent my life since I was 12, listening to everybody, everything I could, everybody I could. I mean, you name it, everything from the, you know, the fusion guys, Zappa drummers like Chad Wackerman and Kyle Yuta and, and, um, Bozio, guys like Beckle, you know, I love Simon Phillips. I think is amazing. Um, I, I recently uh, got, I just got the remaster of Rage for Order, and it, it just reminded me how much I love Scott Rockenfield and, and mm -hmm. you know, what he was on me, and uh, Alex Van Halen and Bill Ward and, and, you know, all these guys, obviously John Bottom. And, mm -hmm. I mean, you name it, man. You know, 
it's, it's always been such a tough question for me to name like top bands or top influences because there's just so many. Everyone that I think of, yeah, just forty True. more terrible injustice to by not, by not saying their name, you know. Right, dude, that's a big CD collection behind you. Uh, <laughs> yeah, that's just one wall. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, and early guys like like Buddy Rich and Tony Williams and Elvin Jones and and all those guys like Art Blakey and Philly Joe Jones and going all the way back to Gene Krupa. I, I I'll just go on all day, you know. I mean, um, <laughs> right. To, uh, well, I appreciate it because that 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 is it is a tough question, especially if you like you ask a guitar player what's their their top guitarist, you know, or their top influence. And, uh, you know, for me, I mean, it, I play guitar, it, Tony Iommi, you know, he's just, that's the one that really got me into it. And, and then there's, but I admire and respect so many of them. And there's hundreds of thousands, obviously. Vic can even attest to that. So yeah, it's right. an honest answer. And I, I appreciate that because yeah, it's, yeah, it's like, a difficult question to, to answer for anyone. I have to say that like, a lot of my biggest influences aren't even drummers. You know, like now that you say that, like there's, there's instrumentalists that have influenced my my drumming greatly. You know, like I would have to say Frank Zappa. Oh, um, oh yeah, okay. Because of his drummers and his just the way he he made music, heard it, and you know that's just it's just so inspiring. You know, like a lot of these guys like. You know, like Dave Gilmore and Brian May come to mind, you know, like you just hear the excellence of these guys and it makes you want to practice, you know, you want, you want to be part of that world. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? Absolutely. Yeah. So kind That's of along cool. those lines, I got another groaner of a question. If you can collaborate with a musician or band, past or present, uh, who, who would you pick? What, who would you love to col collaborate with or play drums for? Zappa is the one that leaps out. Getty Lee, um, Ian Anderson. Oh, nice. I mean, these are just the ones that are jumping in my head. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, that's, that's an eclectic, eclectic group, Zappa. There's uh, that combine, you know, jazz and uh, orchestra. That that's crazy good. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, I, I would say uh, if Dave Gilmore and, and Roger Waters ever decide to reunite, I hope that they would call me. <laughs> yeah. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. That'd be, yeah. That'd be cool. <laughs> yeah. Because Nick Mason's doing his doing his own thing. You know. Uh, that'd be awesome. Yeah. Oh my God. That, yeah. That would be something else. Oh, that's great. <laughs> Great. You know, we're, I'm going to switch gears just a little bit here. I mean, since all of Diamond's music is full of, you know, horror and uh, that kind of thing, and we are heavy metal horror, um, I'd like to ask you, like, are you into horror as well? Do you like horror movies? Um, and and if so, can you tell us some of the, uh, your, you know, favorite horror movies or movies that scared you as a kid or, you know, anything? One word. Wamageddon. <laughs> oh, wow, that's great. Wamageddon. Um, uh, okay, so yeah, yeah. I, I do love. I love um, Prime and Netflix. I, I love just going through it and seeing all these movies that I haven't seen. I, I love the the B movie explosion that's happened in the last. You know. I, um, Sharknado has triggered like <laughs> explosion of, of, of schlock horror that I, I love. It must be so fun to be on the sets. Um, I, I I I do love horror. I, I like. I'm not gonna say I don't like it, but uh, I tend to try to stay away from the the shock stuff. Like like modern horror movies, they rely a lot on you know like a jump scare. Yeah. Yeah. I like psychological thing. Like Alien is my favorite out of the out of that series. Uh, psychological. Oh, very good. Um, I love movies like Seven and um, you know that kind of thing, man. You know, that just kind of are twisted. I love the Green Inferno. 
um, that's recent. I've loved um, um, uh, the the Swedish one about um, Midsommar. Some, yeah, mid. Yeah, God, that was so cool, yeah. man. <laughs> you know, like that, like the original kind of bar, you know that yeah. make an, a statement. I love. Um, I love the classics. Uh, I love zombie genre. Um, every sort of zombie genre. I loved. Um, oh, geez, what was the um, Z Nation? <laughs> did you see Z Nation? No. I love. Um, I just thought they did such a great job with that, and you know, and all the way like I was Twenty Eight Days Later and Resident Evil. You know, the first one anyway. Yeah, yeah. I, yeah. What can I say? If it's good, I, I like it. You know. Have uh, Have you had a chance cool. to see the the ritual? No, I haven't. I haven't. And I, cool. I know it's recommended to me. I need to see that. Yeah, but and Midnight Mass is also very good. If you haven't yeah. seen that as well. What I just watched was the White, the White House. Oh, White House. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I would consider it a horror movie. It, it, it's you know mostly your imagination is they. Yeah, it's psychological it, horror. Yeah, it's like really kind of like, um, yeah, no psychological. Yeah, and it's it's beautifully shot, and it's a tour de force. I mean, you got Willem Dafoe and and Pattinson. I mean, I mean the two of these guys. That's the only. That's all. That's really all you get. You know, <laughs> and there's no room for wiggle room because the even the camera is boxed in. You are right in there. You know, so yeah, that's a really good movie. Right in there when he's going to town on that that mermaid thing statue, the little mermaid. Oh, I gotta get busy. Got that mermaid chess piece or whatever he finds. That's not Poe. Oh, Poe does a great job, man. It's like an Edgar Allan Poe thing. Yeah, 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 mm-hmm. yeah. Oh, sorry, man. You, you guys freeze up. Hello. Yeah, yeah, you're, yeah. You're, yeah, freezing up. Totally froze there. Sorry, man. It might be my end. Let me see. No, I don't know. Okay. That's still there? Okay. Yeah, we're, yeah, we're still here. Yeah. <laughs> we are here. Um, so uh, since you mentioned, you know, your, your Netflix and Prime and stuff, what are you uh, streaming? What are you watching now? Anything good? Uh, yeah, yeah, you know, I'm slugging my way through Squid Game. Uh, <laughs> and we've all watched that. Yeah, I watched Squid Game. All right, uh, it's too much downtime. Okay. <laughs> uh, and a movie that I I just watched recently, I would say three or four months ago, that I didn't know about. That that it, to me is a horror movie just as much as a war movie. It's something called Come and See. Have you guys seen this? Come Heard about see. this movie? No. Man, you want to watch something horrific? about um i love war movies you know i i seek out war movies too because they to me those genres kind of overlap war is so horrible that mm-hmm. right yeah it's it's about um the eastern front it's about belarus and the partisans um and how they kind of fought off the the nazis that you know as they swept through belarus it's freaking brutal and horrible horror movie the the sound in it the sound design, like the, the first horrible thing that happens is, is uh, the main character, him and his friend, held that they're in the middle of a, a shell, a Nazi shelling. And they used real um, ordnance for this movie, like these real shells, real ammo, and the animals really die. And the actors had bullets whizzing over. The- <laughs> wow. Wow. <laughs> it's a Russian movie, you know, and they didn't have a strong union. Because like the, those actors really went through hell to, to make this movie, and uh, it, and then, so the first thing that happens is he gets shelled, and then like he his hearing goes, and he his, his every all he hears, and that's all you hear, you know, for like maybe the first 15, 20 minutes of this movie, and and like just this the horror sequences while this is going on, hard hitting movies I've ever seen. Wow. Completely recommend it. Is that and on Netflix? I feel nothing. No, I don't know. You know, I had to watch it um, on YouTube. Okay. Uh, there's a full. You got to watch 
subtitles. Make sure you don't watch an English dub version of it. Okay. Um, but yeah, man, it, it stays with you for a long time. It's it, it'll make you embarrassed. You know, in '86, um, Red Dawn came out, and it's just embarrassing compared to this movie. <laughs> uh, yeah, <laughs> Red Dawn, classic. Yeah, it is. I love it. Putting in screens, you know, but as right. far as <laughs> joke. So, other than. Uh, you know when, when you're not touring you haven't been touring for a while and i know you're getting up for that but like other than watching movies like what, what other kinds of things do you do for fun to unwind you know like your normal day like other other hobbies that uh that you like to pursue i know you like to said you'd like to read but are there other other things that you enjoy doing well yeah i, I practice <laughs> when during the school day when the oh i practice um that's mostly what i I write music. Um, I put out a couple albums, uh, concept albums, but it's like uh, not EDM, but it's kind of like electronic reggae. And it's a story um, farm animals taking over a seed ship. So it's kind of like schlock comedy horror, like a mixture of a bunch of stuff. If you want to check that out, it's called New Pigs of Future City. Uh, the newest um, album I put out is called Under Guidance of Chickens. Uh, <laughs> <Nice>. <laughs> Great. Oh, that's, that's awesome. yeah, it, it's it's a kid's story of how um farm animals like uh, in the farming sector of this gargantuan seed ship the humans kind of got sucked out and the animals were left to, on their own and they were eating mushrooms over a period of thousands of years and they developed lobes and um <laughs> Man, it's like animal farm on acid. <laughs> <laughs> on shrooms. Something like that. Um, but yeah, um, you know, we have four kids, so my include uh, dishes and laundry. <laughs> yes, also rock and can roll. relate. Rock and roll lifestyle. <laughs> rock and roll lifestyle. <laughs> time, time to do the dishes. Yep. Uh, That's why you're so happy to get back on the road, right? <laughs> <laughs> no more dishes for six weeks. Yeah. Oh, that's good. Oh, that's great, man. Um, I think I think we can do one more, one more spinning of the big wheel. We got the random. Oh, gonna, we got the random put question. Put it again. Yeah, this is this is much easier. It's just a random question. Let me see if I can if I can find it. Um, just a random question generator. All right. Okay. Well, what fun go. What fun are we in store for now? Well, that's what I'm gonna try to. I'm gonna try and share it here all right okay can you uh can you see the big wheel the big wheel there it is all right this is this is gonna be a random question okay we're gonna see what this wheel says <laughs> all right Your uh, first childhood memory. There we go. <laughs> well, if you, if you could remember, if not, that's fine too. Uh, well, I mean, there's gonna gotta be something there. Yeah. Childhood memory. Still see your screen, Mark. Oh yeah. Oh, I gotta stop sharing. On tag. There we go. <laughs> there we go. <clears throat> uh, we saw I, all the porn. Yeah. Yeah. Shit, you found me out. <laughs> Talk about uh, horror movie. Oh. Yeah. Sorry. sorry. Uh, my first childhood memory was in upstate New York where we lived. We um I was born in Baltimore and then we moved to uh Fredonia, New York, and I lived there until I was five. So memory would be there. Um and I I think it's in my living room in our house on Leverett Street in Fredonia. And I kind of remember and that's about as detailed as I can get. Sorry, man. No, that's fine. It just it just it was breaking up the whole time. I'm sorry. It was it was it was shag carpeting, right? Yeah, shag carpet. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> look at look at that. It ties into what we look talked about earlier. Yeah, it's big wild, man. There's weird, old... weird things happening now. Yeah. <laughs> wow. All right. 
that's, that's good. Hey, does anyone have any uh, more questions for Matt? Um, we really, really appreciate you spending some time with us, Matt. Um, yes. Just getting to Thank know you. you and and uh, you know, we're really, really looking forward to seeing you guys back on the road and you know that, that you know we just thank you for for being on our show thanks man yeah, thank you so much yeah thank yeah. you man would uh would you would you mind doing a little bumper for us like you know this is matt thompson of king diamond and you're listening to or watching heavy metal horror would that be too much to ask no i'll do it i'll do it okay great just that okay uh are you ready ready this is matt thompson from king diamond and you're listening to heavy metal horror Excellent. Thank you perfect. so much. Yeah. And it got Thank through you. without without chopping. It, it didn't uh, break up or anything. So perfect. Yeah. Excellent. Excellent. <laughs> I was worried. Fantastic. <laughs> That's hey. an honor, Matt. Thank you. Yeah. Thank All you. Right. We're gonna I'm gonna do some uh, do some commercial here, and then we're gonna do our outro. And and please join us in when we see heavy metal horror in the horns. So you're more than <laughs> welcome to to do that with us. So you can find heavy metal horror on unsaneradio.com. Listen to full episodes or download to your device. You can find us on Facebook, Heavy Metal Horror Podcast. On Instagram, look for Montag Lewis, one word. Our brand new YouTube page. Well, it's not brand new now. If you're watching, you're there. Heavy Metal Horror Podcast. Don't forget to hit the subscribe button. If you know someone who'd like our show, tell them about us. So this has been Montag, Master of Illusion. And Chop Top. Dread Bull. Wild Card. (laughs) (laughs) And you've been listening to and watching Heavy Metal Metal Horror. <laughs> oh, excellent. excellent. Oh, Matt, thank you so much, man. We we thank had you, a sir. blast thank with you. you. Yeah. Thanks, guys. When we come through Cleveland, man, hit me up. Oh, totally. That would be oh, fantastic. Would yeah. Get that you some would... swag. <laughs> some yeah, heavy we... metal horror swag. You can yeah, get some we... stickers. <laughs> yeah, we... we've got some stickers, man. We'll send you some stickers. <laughs> Put it on your drum kit. Yeah, yeah. yeah, no, yeah. Right on the... yeah. Put it on the bass head, you know, something right. like that. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> this is Doug Helbring, and you have been listening to Heavy Metal Horror, the best podcast that you've never heard before. <laughs> <laughs>